They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody. Talking Welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, A Little Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by Egg Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, and Josh Prepagina. Yes, he's actually here. Welcome back, Josh. How are you? Oh, it's so good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah a, a little... Something in me really wanted you to be asleep this week again. I call, I thought we were recording at 9, so I called Eck at like 9.20. Like, I thought we were recording today. He's like, we are. Did you not read the text? Yeah, I said 9... I, 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 I swore I, I said 9.30, and um, nobody bailed on me. So, or I didn't you hear... Say, say 9.30 for, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, I was pretty sure I did. But um, I'm glad we got you here. Uh, you're now a resident of the Queen City, so that's the last time... So that's... What's up with you and everything else? So, as always, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher, and follow us on all social media platforms. So, um, before we get started, I know me and Eric, before the show started last week, Eric kind of hit on uh, NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. So, um, he was talking about the Walter and Ciampa match, and was looking, we were talking about the Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly match. Have you guys watched these matches? I have not. And if you have, give you guys give me some thoughts on them, if you have. I, I didn't get to watch anything from right, so obviously I know all the the results, uh, but I did not get to watch any of them. Yeah, the only thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Well, uh, sorry. I did watch Walter and Chop. I did watch that. Was night one. Okay. Uh, terrific match. The only thing I saw from any of the NXT nights, I saw the Io Shirai Raquel Gonzalez match, and I saw the tag team match. Uh, both very fun. That's that's really my takeaway. I think I saw a little bit of the Chiampa match. I didn't see enough to be able to like talk about it though. But uh, I did like Chiampa coming back out in his original ring attire, and and he always shows great fire as a babyface. So that's as much as I saw from him. Yeah, another thing that happened on WWE Network this past weekend. I'm usually not one to like kind of sit down and watch these things because I don't have always have the time. I rather listen to an audio form, but. Have you guys seen Bro- the Broken Skull Sessions with Chris Jericho? Um, I watched it, but uh, I had company over while watching it. So I'd say I got to take in about 65 75% of it, um, maybe, maybe even a little more. Uh, I know that it, from what I saw, it was great. It was one of those things, I think, even in the first 20 minutes, it's like, wow, I got my money's worth. It is so good. It's one of those. I'm like, wow. A year from now, I'm probably like, man, I've watched that thing four times. Yeah, I saw. So obviously, it's not a gimmick. Like I fell asleep watching it, <laughs> but uh, I saw. I think I saw the points that mattered uh, because I, I can only hear so much about Chris Jericho's full career. But it was cool to hear about AEW and New Japan on the WWE Network. So, so that was like the gimmick of the whole thing, and. That's the parts I took in, and it was great. Yeah, some of the stories that you hear about hear from Jericho, like you heard him before, but it's also it's always kind of good to see him getting interviewed because he's always the one doing the interviewing. So I, I really did enjoy it. And him and Austin they have excellent chemistry together. So I'm just about finished with it. I think maybe I have 30 minutes left. But with that being said, I guess Vince doesn't care about AEW at all because <laughs> um, I was kind of up in the air about what it's going to sound like. What, what are they going to bring up AEW? What are they going to show AEW on the um, on the screen? Which they kind of did at points, and, or in, our, in the New Japan stuff. But really good interview. I highly recommend listening to it. I'm actually going to go back and watch the rest of them. Like the only one I actually ever watched was the, was the Sasha Banks one, and I started the Randy Orton one a little late earlier today. And um, that one's really good because Randy doesn't do a bunch of interviews all the time. You don't hear a lot of insight out of him. And the Sasha one is the same Sasha stuff because you hear about Sasha's story pretty often. But the Undertaker one I'm intrigued by, and definitely the Bailey one because Bailey one you not always hear much from Bailey. Out of all of them, the top three, like if they could almost, I'm trying to actually remember who was the first one that there ever was, but the best ones are Orton, this Jericho one, and the Taker one. Okay. Uh, bar none. Um, I'm trying to remember, I feel like whoever was the first, first one may have been good. Vince? Uh, maybe it was, was Vince on it? No, that, that was Austin's no, that podcast. Was, that was back when he had the, um, I feel like Goldberg was all right. Brett, Goldberg was on it. Yeah. Brett was on it. Brett was all right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, 
similar to how the way I treat a podcast, like if I'm home listening to a podcast, you know, I'm typically is something I may be having a drink while listening or doing some chores. The thing that is really fun about the Taker, the Orton, and the Jericho, you can listen, learn, enjoy, and laugh while having a drink with them. I mean, Taker, Taker and Austin damn near kill an entire bottle of Jack <laughs> during it. I mean, to me, I thought that was awesome. Um, man, I feel like one of whoever was like his first person, I felt like slung a couple beers back with him, but I feel like. He had a few people that just don't drink or, like, Angle is on there. We know he has his demons with alcohol, so. Didn't Moxley drink with him? I don't remember because uh, that was, no, that was his podcast thing, so I don't remember. The, the podcast. I don't think they drank on that. Did he give Paige a beer? I know that this was the other stuff, but didn't him and Paige drink too? I, I, Probably. I know, um, I know Paige was offering him beers after the show. I remember that you know too. what? That's one thing I'm real sad about. I love the city that I'm living in now, but I'm sad that I can't find Broken Skull IPAs near me. Really? Because they are slamming. <laughs> they, they are really good. I've had a few. I, said, I still can't find them in Delaware. I have to go to the state line still to find them. But they in are, Jersey, it's easy to find, and I know Jersey's not that far from you. Mm-hmm. But I'm, not, I'm never usually headed that way because a lot of times I, go, I do a lot of my grocery shopping up Conquer Pike. In the PA, so that's that's the only time I can actually go and grab it. But there, I, I really enjoy a good old um, IP Stone Cold IPA. Eric, you there? Yeah, uh, it looks like you know what the Taker one may have been. Is that the first one? Is either him or Goldberg? I think was the first. You no, know, yeah, Taker may be the first one. But I thought he wasn't the first. Uh, Flair was on there, and I'm sure this is all the stuff. Lawler, Angle. Oh, you know, wait. Hold on. Maybe it was Taker on there twice. Taker may have did it twice. Or was it a two-parter? Yeah, you know what? Somebody said something to me the other day asking about it being a two-parter. I was like, it's not. That was probably Dan. Um... Because it was, right? It was like two hours. Taker, I think, does a shorter one on his first one because his first one's dated back in November of 2019. And then the other one, do, do, do. it's listed November, November. Yeah, because it was for the 30 the thirty year one. Huh. And I've always remembered the first one was really good. And then, you know, not to knock anyone, I mean, the Goldberg one was next after that, and I guess, you know, I'm going to show my alcoholism. Like, Goldberg, I guess, isn't a drinker. I don't think he drinks on it. Kane doesn't. Big Show, maybe, I think, milks down one beer. You know what? I think Prep's right, because I think they did. I think I think Big Show drank a beer when, when he did the old podcast, too. Yeah, well, you, you take, um, take her was on twice. So you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking I'm at reading it now. the list of them all. I'm reading the list. Um uh, Bret Hart's, which I thought was relatively good, just because I, in you know, I just love the almost controversy of that, like you know, Goldberg's like active with WWE and he just he just completely shit on him right on this episode. Um, <laughs> Rick Flair's, which I'm guessing I was probably all right. Mark Mark Henry's, I think, was probably like it's like kind of the underrated gem of all of these. Yeah, that Waller. one I, I'm interested in in, in watching. Because... Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I think maybe maybe start off with that one because I'm, prep. I'm not sure if you listen to Kurt Angle's podcast yet, but they reviewed. Uh, I think he did WrestleMania 22 a couple weeks ago, and he talked about Mark Henry for a second about how Mark Henry like how when he first came in he was how raw he was, and then after a certain point he kind of kind of like clicked and how much how good great of a chemistry he actually had with Mark Henry. And how Mark Henry is probably one of his favorite people to work with. So, if you haven't listened to Kurt Angle's pod, I highly recommend it. It's a really good show. But that Mark Henry one I am interested in because something just clicked for him. And I'm sure he has an interesting story because he did end up going back to developmental after being on the main roster for years. So, mm-hmm. with all that being said, WrestleMania 37, if you've never been with us before, we'll play for you our rating system. I'm on my own against the wall. The pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, 
the following podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating of ratings, it will get a showstopper. I'll start with you. Your thoughts on WrestleMania 37, Raiden, match your night, go. <sighs> I got to give it a showstopper. Now, I don't know if it's because I was able to consume it within two nights. Oh, that was amazing. Like I missed something. Um, I don't know if it was my feelings on seeing fans again or... I don't know what it was about this year, and, and we'll talk about it more at the end of the show probably, but there was something about watching this WrestleMania that I didn't have that post-WrestleMania burnout, like right before Raw. You know what I mean? Like I didn't finish the second night of WrestleMania and be like, damn, I need like a few weeks to like readjust. No, I watched WrestleMania, and I was once again excited for Monday. I'm excited to see what happens on Friday. I'm excited for NXT. You know what I mean? Like, I think I was more rejuvenated after watching all these shows rather than be tired. So for that alone, I'm going to say showstopper. And you asked my favorite match? Yeah. Oh, Sasha, Sasha and Bianca by far. Like, it wasn't the best work match. It wasn't, it wasn't the best, like, but it was the best feeling I had watching a match. Like, and it's not just like, oh, I'm watching history, like two women, you know, two black women in the main event. No, like that match really felt special for more than that. And I don't know, it was the emotion on Bianca and and Sasha's face at the beginning, but that match just felt so damn special. Is there anything that we won't probably is there anything is there anything that we probably won't hit hard on that you did enjoy like something in the in, in the undercard perhaps uh i'll just say Sami Zayn versus kevin owens <laughs> was cool like yes we've seen that match a million times yes they had a match that was supposed to be their last match but i watched that match and i was like the mark in me was like i'm so happy that they're having this moment at wrestlemania like these two best friends get to have a match at singles match at that at wrestlemania that was cool. Also, like, all the random singles matches that were, you know, you usually don't get that. You get, like, a million multi-man matches. But there was, like, so many non-title singles matches that I was like, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? Eric, go ahead. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a showstopper as well. Um, I, I think Prep kind of hit a radar on the head. You know, there's so much to take in. I don't really know what to contribute the rating to. Is it the the roar of the crowd is it the fact that it's shortened and given to you in two proper doses um i'd like to think all the matches overall delivered um i can't really think of any match that was terrible or hated um there was a few matches over the wrestling week that i think my fandom kicked in and if any, my, my biggest complaint would be oh man my guy didn't win which i think is like what as a wrestling fan you should want um I feel like there's a few matches I, I want to rewatch. I do know I really enjoyed the Big E Apollo match. I thought, like, for the undercard, that, uh, that kind of over-delivered. Sheamus and Riddle, I thought, also put on a really good match. Um, Rhea Ripley and Asuka, I know that's one I got to rewatch. I'm going to, for my match of the weekend, I, I, I think I'm going to, you know... I'm going to go with prep because it's the only match I rewatched. Um, Sasha Sasha and Belair, they put on a very special match. It felt like it was a really good match. It was cool to watch. The next morning, I rewatched it after being awake for about 30, 45 minutes, and it was better than I remembered. So, uh, first instinct without rewatching any other match more than once, that's what I'm going to give. It's my match of the weekend. All right, so I'm going to give it a showstopper as well, so it's going to be unanimous. Um, like Prep said, the two-night thing, fucking bravo. Because the fact that you get a, a three-and-a-half-hour show, 
Then you get a break. You get to go to sleep. Get yourself together. Get your mind right. Then um, 24 hours later, the second part comes on again. So your mind's clear. You digest the, the first three and a half hours, and you got another three and a half hours to go. Perfect. I hope they continue that going forward because I would definitely do a two-night event. So that's great. I agree. I agree with you both, Sasha Bianca. Definitely the match of the night. I mean, the, ma the match of the weekend for WrestleMania. Um, the main event on night two with the, for the Universal Championship match, excellent match, but I prefer Bianca and Sasha a little bit better because it just hit a little different. Now, none of you brought this up, and I'm shocked. Bad Bunny, bravo. Uh, <laughs> Br bravo. I was going to pop for that. Bravo. Bad Bunny fan. I mean, uh, you know, best non-athlete non -athlete celebrity match ever or non-athlete. Uh, wrestling match i just you know it, yeah it was great something for the undercard uh something for fairweather fans to enjoy i just didn't want you know i'm not gonna say that's my match of the weekend uh seems like he's living large he's celebrating it right now partying in the crop top good for him <laughs> yeah so like i'm you... so upset he forfeited the 24 7 just <laughs> re-gifted it to our truth yeah he, Jeez, he at least take a schoolboy. yeah well, well he well he gave him a replica that'll make you feel better but he, he said he lays down for nobody. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, like you always hear hear WWE higher ups always they're always kind of like touting these celebrities or these celebrity appearances. Like, oh yeah, he's putting the work in. He's doing this. He's doing that. Drew McIntyre even came out and said Bad Bunny is training his ass off. And kudos to Bad Bunny because and also on WrestleMania. There are a lot of heroes on this show that actually made their opponents look like, look like a million bucks. And I got to give it up to The Miz. Because the Miz, the Miz made Bad Bunny look like a star. Like Morrison took the Bunny uh, Destroyer. That, I, I, I'll get to that in a second. I'm going to get to that in a second. But there's a spot when Bad Bunny hit the Tornado DDT. And the way Miz sells it, because he kind of like stands, stands up on his knees. And just like faints back down, and then like Miz's face after Bad Bunny hit the Canadian Destroyer was perfect. Like he couldn't that, believe that, it. Yeah, 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 he did. He did. He it's, did have. It, he did have a real good reaction. The Miz is like, oh my God, he's already better than me in the ring. That's how his reaction looked on his face. So kudos to him. Uh, Cesaro and Rollins, I thought it was fun as well. Rollins, another Rollins, another hero of the show, getting Cesaro over in a big way. So we'll see what have to do with him. Um, some things I didn't think I would care about, I ended up did um, AJ and Omos against the New Day. I love the New Day kind of like saying, no, we're cutting the ring off. And then the second Omos got in the ring, Wood's face looking up to him like it was priceless. And actually, Eckler, AJ is the first ever two-company Grand Slam champion uh, with being in TNA as well. Captured every TNA title and every WWE title to this point. So salute to AJ. Sheamus and Riddle, like Eric said, I could care less about Sheamus 11 years later, but that was an excellent match. And no, this goes out to Eric. We always joke about him and give him a hard time about this, but I was really cheering for Tamina on night two. I really was because in night one, they did a great gesture by letting her get the shine by getting the victory in the tag team turmoil. And then she had that nice long run with Nia Jax in the title match. And I really was like cheering for her to win but she took forever to do that the super fly splash and then missing and they go down defeat but i really did enjoy that match i really found myself getting behind tamina in that situation but i had high expectations for the show they were met but some of the things i did have high expectations for they fell flat and we'll get to that in a little bit so we'll start with the match of the night for all match of the weekend for both of us the smackdown women's championship bianca belair defeat Sasha Banks. Now, I have a take with this that you guys may or, may or may not agree with me about. The length of WrestleMania 35 may affect it, but the emotion in this moment when Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, when the bell rang and you felt the emotion on their face and you can kind of feel like this is the main, th this is it. Th this, this is supposed to happen. Now, we Charlotte was inserted into the WrestleMania 35 match with Ronda and Becky. Now, if it was Ronda and Becky, I think we would have that feeling. But with Charlotte there, I didn't get that actual reaction in retrospect. And But they captured the emotion. They caught it all in the bottle. And then after the match was over, when Bianca finally won, you kind of feel some goosebumps in it. So your guys' thoughts on the match and 
you guys agree with me about the WrestleMania 35 situation about this match with Sasha and Bianca it was everything that that match should have been on an emotional level. Yeah, on an emotional level, I think if anything, they just build. They did a better build up to that 35 match than what they did to this. Um, however, the, the, the feeling was there. I feel like the crowd, I mean, the, the crowd definitely was way more into this than what they were into to, to, with the, the 35 uh, main event. They couldn't have picked two better women to really be the first ever like singles match main event for women. There was so like go back to thirty five. What emotion did you see in Exactly. That, that, that's that, that's that's my point. That's my point. Like Bianca getting choked up, you know, Sasha's always the one getting choked up, but she kinda played it cool a little bit. But like you can kind of you I, me personally watching watching it, I kinda like felt the goosebumps like oh my god this is it like this is supposed to happen man i was rick flair <laughs> now when bianca like, won i was rick flair sun, sunday morning <laughs> like when i rewatched it because uh i caught i caught that whole match saturday but i was sleepy like i didn't take it all in that night but when i rewatched it again like full attention i was like you could have swore i was rick flair like i was like Damn, is it like wind blowing <laughs> in my eye or something? I was getting a little teary. That's what you said when you cried at uh, your first mania. <laughs> All right, so like as far as the match goes, I thought they did an excellent job building, showing, showcasing Bianca Belair because the one, the one perfect thing they did. These two never actually wrestled the entire buildup going into WrestleMania. And that was able that made everything Bianca did showing off her strength and being the EST more important. Like the whole spot where she caught Sasha doing the the dive through the ropes, impresses her and carries her from the outside back into the ring. I thought it was awesome. And you even even like in the in the May Young Classic in the NXT, Bianca Belair's braid was an integral part of her arsenal. But on the main roster, it hasn't been so. Sasha actually exploited that as a weakness when Bianca used to use it in NXT as a strength. And the fact that that was built into the story and, and into the finish, I thought was great. Like the whole welt Sasha got on her, on her stomach was, was rough looking, but all that came together and it built, it created this excellent story and an excellent match. Now I don't put it on the level. Go ahead, prep. Am I crazy? But I can't believe people think that that was really the sound. Well, that, it's always made a, a loud noise like that. Maybe, like, because now they, they mic the rings up a little differently. Maybe it came across even louder because of that. But it's always made those sound effects. I don't know. That John sound like a... What was what was the diva who used to have the... Whoosh? Was it Jacqueline who used to have that? Yeah. I was like, they're just reusing the sound. I can't believe no, people... No, no, that was Sable. That was Sable. Sable. Yeah. So, now... We talked about the emotional level for this match. Now, I don't think it's Sasha and Bailey at Brooklyn, but it's damn near close because I don't think they'll ever recreate the Sasha and Bailey emotion because of Bailey's story. Go ahead, Pre- right. I was waiting for that moment, like the the Sasha taking the headband from Izzy moment. Do you remember that? Yeah. When like, oh, I hate this girl. Like, but she—that's the thing. Like, she's a heel, but she doesn't like. She's not heal like that anymore like because people love her so maybe that's why that was missing because she's not that same character anymore as far as like heelish but um i mean it's like it was fine the way it was i didn't i didn't miss anything in that mess like i watch it and i'm satisfied yep anything eric no uh i mean yeah, yeah, I got nothing else on it. I think it was great. Okay, and um, I'm sure you guys have seen the picture going around on NXT on Tuesday night. Um, all the th- all three new women's champions they came together on NXT represent representing showing that they all had all now champions. By the way, and I gotta watch that Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez and Io Shirai match. I heard that match is excellent, so that's definitely on my radar to check out. So the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns retains the championship, defeating Edge and Daniel Bryan. Now, I came on here last week said that was this was the best built story coming into WrestleMania. Best match of night two. And um I talked about last week that there's a case for legit everybody to win. 
Now, what's your guys' thoughts on the triple threat match? Eric, I'll start with you. So I'll be honest, it's one of those matches I really need to rewatch because I actually fell asleep before this match happened. And I, I don't even know, maybe I fell asleep either right before or during the entrance. Either way, I rewatched it at like 5 a.m. Only reason I'm watching it, I think it got into a point where I started fast-forwarding because I just wanted to see the finish before I saw it spoiled on social media. Um, I, I was surprised Roman won, and I was ha- like, I, which is like, I'm always cool when it's a, a, a surprise. Um, to give better thoughts on it, I, I'd rather rewatch. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of interested in where they're going to go now. Who gets the next shot? Yeah, so I thought that it was it was great. Like the story going into it was really cool, especially like usually that would bug me that they added someone to a match, but it being Daniel Bryan, it didn't bug me just because of what they were able to do back in the day with him. And I thought they they replicated that in a sense here, where like you went in there and you're like, I can see him winning, you know what I mean? But I think. They did the right thing by putting Roman over strong. He pinned both of them at the end. And in my eyes, you know, Edge and Daniel go in one way, and Roman takes on, you know, the next challenger, which in my head is um, Cesaro, you know what I mean, after that Rollins win. So in that part, I think they did really good with that story. It didn't take away from, like, that happy moment at the end of Mania, like, because we had that on Saturday. That's the good thing about having two nights. Yeah, so the crossface spot, when Brian inserted himself into the crossface, had the yes lock in, phenomenal. Bravo. And and also, you talked about Roman pinning both of them. We, now, we recorded last week's episode on Wednesday. I didn't drop it till Saturday. But on SmackDown, Roman said that's exactly what he was going to do. He said he was going to smash and stack and beat both of them. That's exactly what he did. So I'm glad he actually followed through on that. So that was great storytelling right there. And like I said last, like I said also last week about you can make an argument for everybody, anybody to win. And the effort they took for Brian to actually get into the match. They, he went through a lot to get into the match. And I'm glad Edge kind of found himself again because he said he's trying to he finally found a radar superstar again and immediate and when the match first started commentary talked about Jey Uso being involved in Roman's matches and immediately he's involved and, and you don't see him for the rest of the match until the very end and Roman actually gets the win I'm shocked we got a concerto I'm really shocked and I'm actually glad they sold it well because Brian was out for a while and still Brian got was like three. convulsing on the ground yeah. it's, cra- it's crazy because we've seen him actually do that before so it's like Borderline scary. <laughs> yeah, and now with Ro- now with Roman winning, Edge and Bryan can move on to have their feud, and they're not quite away from the title because after they finish their business, one the winner of that situation will probably end up in the championship scene. But now we can get that Edge and Bryan feud. I'm really looking forward to that. And prep, you said you think Cesaro's the next one. Eric, do you think Cesaro's the next one as well? I hope. I very, very, very much hope. Um, I had the pleasure of for WrestleMania night one watching the entire show with a uh, friend of the show, Richie Edge. And I don't want to say he crapped on every single thing that happened throughout the show. But while Cesaro was uh, celebrating his win, he was like, oh, great. What's he going to do next? Or, or they're going to do, they're just going to, this win doesn't mean anything. Blah, blah, blah. Me being me, putting on a positive spin. How is it called? You never know. Next year, it'll probably be in the universal title picture. No chance, no chance, no chance. So we almost had a little wager on that, or I was at least kind of claimed that maybe he'll win it sometime before. I would love if Cesaro would be in the title picture. First time, I don't think he's never even challenged for a world title. Um, I don't. He might. I think he was in an elimination chamber match, probably, but never one on one. But um, with with the whole Cesaro thing. Early in the year, when he was facing Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, like getting a lot of those big victories, people were kind of picking him to win the Royal Rumble, even though I knew that wasn't going to happen because you know WWE is yeah, all about politics. I, I was when, when he he got eliminated. That was my one saddest moment of that night. Yeah, so WWE's politics stopped that, but we already know Cesaro is probably the best, one of the best workers in the world. Now this is a spot that he can actually end up challenging Roman 
Roman and be viable after just defeating Seth Rollins. So we'll see if Cesaro's next. So the WWE Championship, Bobby Lashley retains against Drew McIntyre. Uh, me and Eric talked about this last week. I'm glad the right person won, and that's Lashley. And I posed the question last week that if McIntyre would win the title, it would be a bad move and kind of fail him. But we don't have to worry about that because Lashley's, Lashley's the one who retained the title. And whenever McIntyre does get it back, I don't think that backlash, no pun intended, will fall on McIntyre. And something about this match just made me not care about it because we got this match last year in Backlash in June. And coming into this whole new story, Lashley was quote-unquote different. You know, he had the hurt business with him. Him and MVP were at a higher level. But with Shelton and Cedric gone in that two- to three-week span that they've been gone, it just, I care less about the hurt business. And a little bit less than, I care a little bit less about Bobby Lashley and MVP because that picture, they looked good together. And now can, it's you just, ima- can you imagine they might be able to make you care less? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like it, it will be like a different foil for McIntyre than just Bobby Lashley and MVP as it was last year, even though Lashley is a stronger character than he was last year. But now on Raw, we got Mason, T-Bar, possibly aligning themselves with MVP and Lashley. We'll see if they were end up replacing Benjamin and Cedric. And uh, so you guys' thoughts on Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and that match is set. For WrestleMania backlash, whatever the fuck they want to call that. Uh, I thought the match was great. I thought the right man won. Um, little certain innuendos, certain wrestling forms put up, like you know McIntyre being like the flag bearer through the COVID era, and he's the first man out in the first match with the first event with the crowd. He got the right pop. He earned that pop. Um, I'm glad he didn't win the title back. Um, I'm not excited about rewatching them again for backlash uh, this month or next month. Uh, and if I could care less about seeing them again, they put these two ass wipes with uh, MVP, uh, MVP and Bobby Lashley. I mean, I'd rather shit my own pants than see these guys on my TV. But if they take away the gimmick, yes. It will not bug everybody as much. Yeah, it won't bother me. Let Dominic yeah, Djokovic they, but be if him. Anything, they should have did that on Monday. They shouldn't have came out with the yeah, video I, I agree. on Monday. Yeah, so my I enjoyed the match. Um, I'm I'm a Mark, like I said earlier, so I thought that it was cool that they did that for Drew. Like, he gets to welcome the fans first as far as the first match. Um and I'm happy that Lashley won because it was it felt huge when he won when he beat the Miz. So I'm like, why would you kill this rain off now? And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad that they 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 stood the course, and I hope they continue to stand the course for a, a little bit. Um, I do. I don't understand why they had to break up the hurt business like two weeks before Mania, but um, I hope that all this kind of kind of works itself out in the few in the few weeks. I hope these Hollywood writers make sense of it for yeah. us. And and then essentially now Cedric and Shelton they're jobbing again to the Viking Raiders. The who? The Viking Oh what was it that he said the new guy he said the Viking he experience? called him something else. Did he uh, what, what I I missed it but he's they horrible. I think it was something even worse than that. I think he called him like the Viking Explorers or something like that. Oh good god. <laughs> I, I hope he just messed up. But they're already dropped. Like how, you, you, they go from the heights of being tag team champions and the biggest thing in the in the company to back to jobbing. And even like, like it's like because like even on SmackDown in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, I, they're one of the first two out and they get ganged up on. Now I don't know who the hell they pissed off because I know we, we've all probably seen the reports about how Cedric's push got stalled a couple of years ago because he did something that Vincent didn't want him to do, but. Who the hell did they piss off at this point? I don't have the answer, unfortunately. <laughs> it, is, it is. We're already got too much time on it to try to make it make sense. <laughs> now you got a, le- a legend in Shelton Benjamin, an awesome performer. You got Cedric Alexander. I don't know what he can't do, and let's just bury him. We're talking about the company who has one of the best workers in the world like best high flyer of a generation 
and they don't even book him. Like, oh God, this company. Now, this next match, it's a complex situation, but my ner- my, my nergasms are going off. So, The Fiend and Randy Orton. Randy Orton defeats The Fiend. And I love the transformation when the match, before the match started, how he transformed himself back into The Fiend or whatever. I love the term nerdgasm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I said last week I had concerns because I didn't want an actual match between these two. I have no interest in watching these two wrestle. I really don't. Now, the match was okay. It was what it was. Now, the ending left us with a cliffhanger. With Alexa distracting the Fiend and Randy Orton, and eventually winning hitting the RKO. Now, it's not what I wanted for a six-month story to finish between Randy Orton and the Fiend because we got spoiled with that Firefly Firefly Funhouse match last year, and Randy Orton's the person that he could actually do that match with. But this feud is essentially over. But even though Randy Orton and the Fiend's build was six months. Him, the Fiend and Alexa story has been going on since July, so it's almost a year. And I love Alexa's explanation of why she um, turned on the Fiend because, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but she says that he taught me the darkness, and when he, w- when, when he was gone, she didn't really need him because she learned the darkness on her own. So it's kind of like, you trained me, but okay, I don't need you anymore. And I like that whole idea of it because she's been the one carrying this feud since December while Bray was gone until Fastlane previous, um, recently. And she introduces this doll called Lily, who's a higher evil than the Fiend. So from I, I'm thinking that we're, Alexa is going to end up turning into this Lily character and she'll get her own little Fiend-type mask. So I think Lily, Lily will actually be a Fiend-type character. So... Your guys' thoughts on the match and thoughts on Alexa and the Fiend going forward? I'm very kind of. I, I'm, I guess I'm only interested because I just have no idea where they go. Like, where do they go with a male versus woman feud? Who's Alexa gonna recruit? Um, the match. I was surprised with the result. I figured Bray would have went over. Uh, short match. Uh, Women's tag matches got more time than this match. By the way, the women's tag match—the ter- are you talking about the turmoil or the tag team title match? Um, what happened? On, what happened on night I, two? I think both of them. Well, I know the women's tag team title match had the second most time of the weekend of of night two. Okay. Go ahead, prep. You said enough on it. I'm. I'm over it. I had enough sports entertainment with Bad Bunny. I didn't <laughs> this at all. I want the fiend to go away. It's a shame because I know he puts in so much work. Like he, he lost a lot of weight. Like he worked hard to get this push, and and I could care less about it. The, I don't. I don't enjoy the writing for it. Really, it looks cool, but I'm I'm over it. I'm not. But I'm not like a movie guy. I'm not like this horror yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys aren't because, like, like for example, like um. The recent show, Disney Plus show, WandaVision, came out. Um, I'm not sure if you guys watched it. I doubt you have. But, like... I, I have not, but I've heard good things. Yeah, so it's like a lot of people, throughout the episodes, it was a weekly show, everybody had, like, fan theories or whatever was going to happen because they kept throwing in, like, little Easter eggs or whatever. And in wrestling, I think a lot of times we try to foreshadow things too much and think too much into them when it's not a lot to grasp onto. But... Stuff like this, a story like this that's not really wrestling-centric, you can actually actually create theories and predict what's kind of what's kind of going to happen and actually be intrigued about it, unlike actual wrestling. So I do like that aspect, though, because as wrestling evolves, wrestling is still a TV show and kind of got to have some different things thrown in there. So I'm actually interested to see what this happens. And, I, and you're right about the whole who would like to recruit thing. I had that in my notes as well. I have no idea who should recruit. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen this. I don't, I took it with a grain of salt, but have you guys seen on Twitter the theories of that wasn't the Fiend wrestling at WrestleMania? What, it was Bo? I did see that, yeah. 
that's what people are saying. I'm, I'm only going to take it with a grain of salt because, like, you know, people, they're comparing pictures in this, in this and they're saying, well, that, well, the Fiend was too skinny even though he had this this thick black shirt on or whatever. So it probably, it, it probably was slimming because it, like it, it looked like it was like, like he had some type of vest on as well with it or whatever. But it's just a fan theory. I'm only going to take it with a grain of salt, but I'm interested to see what we get going yeah, forward I'm with not, this. I'm not buying that because... Yeah, like his noise and grunts, and you know, it yeah. sounded like Bray. Yeah, and, and Bray's got himself into shape, so I, I fully believe it's Bray. So I'm not going to dig too much into, into that. Now, something I was disappointed with, not quite from a match quality, but just from a storyline perspective, Rhea Ripley, she wins the World Women's Championship from Asuka. Now, I thought the match was fine, but it lacked story. Um, going into the match, Rhea Ripley just beat up Asuka two, three weeks in a row. And that was it. So, then on Raw, we got the return of Charlotte. She's complaining about how she wasn't at WrestleMania. And she said she doesn't steal any steal opportunities. And that she's not the reason to blame for certain things happening in the company. Basically hitting on Andrade's interview from a few weeks ago. Um, so, you guys thoughts on the Roman Championship match and going forward. Because it looks like we're getting a triple threat at Backlash. They're lucky that they had that match that one night rather than what they had on Raw because on Raw they were that was terrible what they what they did before the DQ. Um, they're lucky they were able to push out a decent match on WrestleMania rather than what happened on Raw. Yeah, uh, I kind of hit with uh, all you guys uh, points and views. I, I, I was not really impressed with what I was seeing on Raw and um, I thought the match was decent from what I saw. From Mania, um, and I'm just I'm not looking forward to <coughs> Charlotte. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking forward to Charlotte versus Rhea, but I think the complicated part is Rhea's supposed to be playing a heel in this time around, and Charlotte's now going to be a heel, and Oscar and Charlotte I don't need to see again. So it's you know it's definitely a point where the uh, the women's division overall needs some type of freshening up. Yeah, because I I think that well I'm just about positive we're going to get the triple threat. Oscar will take the fall, and we'll get Rhea Ripley and Charlotte in a rematch from WrestleMania last year. Because Eric, you, I know you said you didn't really remember that match from last year, last year's WrestleMania, but it was definitely a, a really good match and held in a real high regard. But I understand the disconnect from not having fans in attendance because it took me a while to actually sit through it as well. But I recommend actually revisiting that. So, um. By the way, before, before we move forward to figures, I know you guys saw Becky Lynch trolling on the weekend. Um, I, I, I'm, She's I'm, great. Yeah, I know she is. I, I'm going to throw out a theory. I think she'll come back and win Money in the Bank. That's just throwing it out there. Because <clears throat> Money in the Bank is almost... Money in the Bank is going to be in June. She if really, you're wrong, she'll at least troll that she's doing it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Money in the Bank was a year to her, almost a year to her relinquishing the title. It'll be perfect, kind of perfect storyline wise for her to get it back. So that's who I'm, that's who I'm predicting to win Money in the Bank. It's a little too far down the road, a couple months away, but just something I wanted to throw out there. Any other uh, thing about? Go ahead, Brett. Before you get into figures, quick, because I'm curious. You know, this is the first, you know, wrestling event with fans for the WWE. Do they go? I know they're not going to go all in and have, you know, Raws and SmackDowns with fans because they save a lot of money without doing that. But I think there's room for them to just do pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. With fans, kind of like how the UFC is doing. Like, they're having their fight nights at the Apex, and then their pay-per-views, they're going to different cities now. They have Houston, they have Jacksonville. Like, do you think that that's what the WWE is going to do going forward? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I, I agree because um, I saw something, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is AEW going full capacity soon? No, they're increasing to fifty percent for the May fourth, whatever the next the the Blood and Guts match, May fourth, May seventh, whatever that for, um, Wednesday is. Okay, they're increasing to fifty percent. Where right now, I think they're at like twenty twenty five. Okay. They could because the UFC just sold out the arena in Jacksonville. Yeah, cause, yeah, because I know some places they have in some places in Florida have been selling out, and I know and I saw something about um, no, you know what? It was this, this is why I bought at AW because um, what the fuck's it? 
Machine Gun Kelly, I think he's performing at Daly's Palace, and there was something about the capacity would be like 100% or something like that. I could be wrong, but I could have swore I saw something something like that. No, I, I'm, I'm sure that they're allowed to, but knowing AEW and their moral stance on the pandemic, you know, what they like to portray to the... Uh, what they like to portray to the, the public. Uh, I think that Tony Tony Khan knows that that'd be a PR nightmare if they go oh, full yeah. capacity at this moment. So they just probably stick to, you know, like I said, they're, they're definitely saving money not having to run city to city. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. And speaking of AW, Britt Baker's finally get, climbing up the title ranks. Fucking bravo, about fucking time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else about WrestleMania before we get into figures? Great show. Great, great show. All right. All right, perfect. So, WWE's figure reveals. Um, So, I'm going to run down each set, as I always do, and then we'll comment on it, okay? So, we saw Elite 86, which is a SummerSlam set. Carmella in her 2018 SummerSlam gear. Rollins in his 2020 SummerSlam gear. No jacket, which, which, which is an L. And uh, Sid Justice, The Miz in his 2018 gear, Triple H 1998, he is the chase with the pink tights, Colonel Mustafa, and I believe Papa Shango. Anything in that set interests you guys? Triple H and Rollins. Triple H is obviously. Well, this is the thing with the Rollins. Did you see the um, the Champions 2-pack, whatever that thing is called, the... the um, the battle packs, the new battle packs. The, he's, he's got the basic with the leather jacket on, right? Yeah, yeah, but that head is better than the one on this elite. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too like, I don't know. The, the heads don't freak me out like it does with you. Yeah, like, like, cause he has like on the battle pack one, he has that smirk, and in this one, he on the elite, he has like the straight face. I, pre- I would have preferred the smirk, but I thought the jacket was like a huge L for not to not for him not have the jacket. Well, like the black leather. Yeah. Or, okay. I'm just happy that it has the it has the top. I mean, I love that. Like that thing's gonna look great with uh, an original um, Halloween Havoc Rey Mysterio. Prep. Yeah, I'm looking through them now. I guess Rollins is a standout for me, uh, and the the purple Triple H. Something that I need just to keep going with that uh, purple Triple H figure. <laughs> now, Elite Eighty Seven. Yeah. Go ahead. I can't. I'm sorry. I just got a heartburn. I mean, because that that was one of my very. That's like one of my first like ten figures that may have been my first basic. That was my first basic. Uh, and I just can't wait to have that in elite form, close with the ringside rock. Yeah, that was my that was my uh first basic. By any chance, is the other Triple H like that's just like his alternate gear or like Raw that time, or is that by any chance '99 SummerSlam? No, it's not. 99, okay. 99 SummerSlam is the ultimate edition. Oh, okay. The, uh, I always associate the ultimate edition almost as like a uh, 2000 Royal Rumble figure. Mm. It's, it's a SummerSlam. So in, uh, Elite 87, you got Candice LeRae, Asuka, Santos Escobar with the new Cruiserweight Championship, Warlord, and you get Apollo Crews with the U.S. title, and he is the chase. This might be like... A whole Shout out to Kushida, the new cruiserweight champion. Yeah, this might this whole set might get get got except for Warlord. Yeah, you can keep Oscar Warlord, and you know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm holding out on a Apollo Cruz figure until they put him in his new Nigerian gimmick. Because <laughs> we did, I didn't talk about it in WrestleMania review, but man, I love that gimmick. I do too, except the accent. I, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I just I hate when they just randomly uh, wrestler all of a sudden their voice changes. It's, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not here for that. For it though, at least he he gave a reason for it. Oh yeah. I, I'll I'll tell you what. I I'm definitely getting it. I don't think I'm gonna hunt down and try to get both variations. I know in recent weeks or no, probably a year straight, I randomly am always searching his first elite. Trying to see if I you can get, get that? that for a good price. Mm-mm. Hmm. Nope. White, if I do get it, it has to be the white and gold. But. If I'm correct, there's two elites that come with NXT shirts, and I don't have either of them. I think that's the NXT Roman figure and that one. I don't have either of them. Yeah, so um, like I said, 
everybody except for Warlord, I'll probably end up getting. And like I said Apollo comes with the new U.S. title. And Elite 88, that's MVP, which we did see. Roman Reigns with the gold gauntlet. That I will be getting because I've been waiting yeah, for the gold the gauntlet. Roman. That's, that's easy money. And hopefully to come with the, the swappable head and a new shirt. And then not shown in that set was Trish Stratus, Riddle, Kushida, and Otis. Definitely gonna try skipping on Otis. Yeah, I said like last week the Trish I have high hopes for. I hope it's the uh, I hope it comes with a jacket because Trish it, Trish is the chase for that. Uh, Legend series Legend series eleven Scott Hall with the Wolfpack straight Ooh. hair and a bandana, Macho Man pink tights, shades um the shade shirt cream of the crop cup, Bam Bam with the ECW TV title and Big John Stud. Now Eric and me talked about this. I don't know if it was on the show or off camera, but Talk about a macho man. This I do want because it has the pink tights. Because the first one I saw had the yellow tights, but I want the one with the pink tights, and I'll have them with my Heenan. I'll pull I them. want both. <laughs> I want. I, both. Th- wait, you said you want your 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 put your macho man with Heenan? Yeah, for the cream of the crop promo. Is that with Heenan? That's not with Mean Gene. I thought it was. A, I'm sorry, you're right, Mean Gene. Yeah, Mean Gene. I'm sorry, yeah. I got it mixed up. So I'm gonna go with prep. I want both. Speaking of Heenan, I already have the Big John Stud from the Heenan family pack, so I definitely don't need a second Big John Stud Elite. Um, the hall is amazing. It is. I can't wait for that. They even went with a nice little touch where you got the NWO decal over the uh, Legends line. Um, and the, the, the WCW mic. That's his drunk. Yeah, yep. yep. that's drunk. Yeah, Scott. his. It's his only. It's his only. Uh, Wolfpack figure. I love. I love. Somebody commented. They're like, "Yo, this is a this is a ECW Scott Hall figure." <laughs> and then it comes. It comes with the thumbs. Cause remember the the thumb. Yeah, remember yeah, yeah. Um, thumb gate thumb, from yeah, Legends Lane. So get the thumbs. I'm real hyped. I, I got a little. We're gonna get to the other figure. You know, it's, Mattel does this a lot where you get these non-accurate belts, but it's. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Bam Bam may be the one that debuted that ECW TV title, but I don't think that's the variation he ever held. Uh, regardless, um, I, I didn't know I needed another Bam Bam, but I'm very excited for a new belt to be debuted anytime with Mattel, especially like these. This space scan is great for Bam Bam, too, if you look closely. Yeah. For me, it's Scott Macho and uh, Bam Bam. And the Survivor Series Elite set. Hulk Hogan, I'm not sure which year, Bret Hart 96, and the two others that weren't shown are Bailey and Keith Lee. Oh, I didn't see a Bailey and Keith Lee. Oh, no, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't announce it, but this, this is from stuff that I knew already. But th- th- those are the other two that I'm in the line. Get them, Marcus. Always. Um, any why, does, that? why does the Bret Hart have the... No clue. The what? Yeah, pinky hair? The, uh, the horns. The horns. That's not something he does, right? <laughs> you think they just threw hands on the picture just to, to know that it gets extra hands? Oh, pop, Could pop. Have. Go ahead, Eric. Could have, because, I mean, we've seen them where originally the, the Razor Ramon was going to have the pointing hands, and then it lost it. So maybe they're just, you know, maybe that's something that's just going to get critiqued down the line. Because yeah, I remember um, I was in the Fully Posable on Monday. And um, they said something about the horn. The, the, that hand sign is for that time. I do remember. I do remember them saying that. And, um, a, little, a little early for me. So yeah. And as Eric talked about messed up belts, uh, we got the ringside exclusive Cactus Jack with the ECW tag team title. Still one. Yeah. Um. This is there, there's a there's a first for this figure on something I haven't done in a long time. This is a. Uh, I'm ordering three of these. <laughs> uh, Foley, pro- I think, is the only guy I'm going to keep mock figures of. I still got a lot of mock figures I got to get rid of. Um, there's very few of his Mattels that don't have mock. There's no chance in hell I'm not going to have one of these mock. I get two loose ones, so I have two of those. I need two loose, and I need two of that ECW tag belt. Um and I already got something planned. I got a couple ideas on what I'm going to do with the figure, but um, the accessories I got a plan for. And if somehow if I can get this thing modified to a 93 Halloween Havoc cactus, I basically have 
his career almost. Get a little WCW figure, ECW figure. He got his full tenure. I need to get I need to get that last basic uh, his raw GM. I, I need to get that modified to an elite. That's like one of the worst wrestling figures of all time. Like that body <laughs> is just bad. But uh, I need that figure. Any. I, I think I'm starting to learn now that you should invest in all these legend uh, ringside figures. Uh, oh, yes. Definitely. Because um, I'm not sure if you guys have seen the um, the whole Brood Hardy Boys thing. So they couldn't give those away. <laughs> so when that Jeff and Matt, um, Jeff and Triple H two-pack dropped, I could have sworn the Brood was always up there for like 30 or 40 bucks. But it was a, it was sixty again, and now it's gone. Um, yeah, I would think stock's been limited, and I'm sure they knew what was going on. Oh yeah, definitely. so um, yeah, I, I think I don't want to say that's a figure they couldn't give away. I think they they were smart and they mass produced that. Um, inside, I can't really figure out. I think their their motion on figures is, is kind of goes in waves. Because I see, like, I got the email, which you guys may see if, if you subscribe to Ringside's emails. Like, Walter just restocked. Mm -hmm. So it must have sold well enough that they made more. The three-pack Edge, Major Brothers, Edgeheads, they, uh, you know, they got two variations. They restocked that one all the time. So it must sell well. But, like, the thing I will never, ever, ever comprehend is... The rated R superstar Edge ringside. That thing was up for a few months. It sold out. It was gone, and it's you know one of the most sought after ringside exclusives, one of the most expensive ones. So I just don't. I mean, something about their business practice has changed. Like that one, I feel like it was made, it was produced, it sold out. Boom, that's it. That's the market. But I feel like now, if something sells, they're like, okay, cool, we're gonna order more. Yeah, because even um, on eBay, people got hip to it because this guy, he had a Lucy pack. For forty bucks, he took it down, and then I checked ringside. Ringside was sold out. He reposted his Lucy's, no belts, by the way, for sixty. So they got hit to it, but I did find the parts I needed to um, make it. So what would you would you use? Uh, so um, I found so. Are saying that? No, I, I don't know. I, I think that head's too skinny. So the. Um, I remember I actually bought the WWE Shop 2-pack. So I found yeah, the mat. And um, for some reason on Macari, there was this custom mat with um, brood body. But he had the WrestleMania Heritage um, Woken mat head. And it was deemed a custom. So You were de determined yes. to find this. You went on Macari. Yeah, because it was so You ever bad. been on Macari? They got some They got some stuff. Because, it, because I know. Because, Don't you sell them there, Prep? No. Yeah, because because it was sold out. So I was like, I think that's a brood body, in which it was. So like like it had like a little like paint splatter on the arm, but I could swap the arm or whatever and go from there, but I was determined because just the, I'm not I'm not gonna even fathom paying that much just to make one thing. So, that's... But, what, but by a fathom, what do you mean by two of that pack? Yeah, because, like I said, like, the guy... That was, pack's going to be 40 bucks on ringside. It's going to go down. What? But that... What do you mean? Like, buying two of the... No, the brood. No, 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 no. no. Oh, because oh, oh, oh. I'm fine with just the Matt having the jersey, because Matt always wore that jersey. Yes, 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 And, yes. and Jeff didn't always wear it. So, like, I'm fine with the kind of mismatch look. Because some people, they've been putting... They've been buying two and putting the mesh shirt on Matt, but Matt never wore that style shirt with the red straps on. That was always Jeff's thing. Sometimes Matt will wear the jersey and Jeff will always wear the mesh shirt. So I'm fine with them not quite matching, but mm -hmm. it still works because that's what, how it was for that era. And that, uh, that's an invasion RVD leader pose right there. Matt, yep. Matt in the jersey, RVD in that full getup. Yep. And then uh, in Elite 2 pack, the Rock and Sock connection, and this was Foley in blue pants. This is uh, about a uh, two-pack. It's one I probably won't need to keep mocked, but blue pants full of mankind. I'm here for it. I'll take all the mankind elites. Big issue. I hope they do cool packaging on it. Mm -hmm. 
Because I was hoping it was the rumble for the whole sweatsuit. But um, I'm going to pass on this one. And uh, Ultimate Edition 10, which I'm probably going to pass on as well. John Cena 2006 from WrestleMania 22. We got The Rock from 2013 with his own custom side plates in the championship belt. I think I need that rock because I missed the last one, but I might need the Cena too. I need, yeah, Ultimate Edition. I made a mistake. I slept hard. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I think, 45. I think I'm just going to get the rock in this one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure because the Cena one I have, the last one, which is really good. And um, I got to see the rock one in, in, um, in action. And then, yeah, hopefully it comes with some good accessories, like... I guess shirt-wise or something. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what. And then the other Ultimate know. Edition, fan t- the fan takeover line, um, we saw the winners, which, which was Jeff Hardy from episode of SmackDown, which they all looked like anyway, and you get Hogan from WrestleMania 9. I like yeah. that, Jeff. I need the Jeff because he's got my belt. So. <laughs> I, I got the beef with this inaccurate. It's got Winged Eagle Hogan, and when he wins the Winged Eagle, Winged Eagle that night, he is Hall of Fame elite, not, not Trunks. Yeah, I was a little confused by that, too. Because um, I know he's in a tag time. I, I think he has the black eye head as well, I think. Yeah, yeah which would, would go to it, but it, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Dennis, I, cause we, we still Because uh, we, we never had the discussion. I know you, I think you sold all yours, but we haven't had the discussion about which one is better, the Storm Hogan or the Ultimates Hogan. Uh, the Ultimate. It's more accurate body size and next to Mattel. Okay, because like I said, like when it comes to like, especially with, um, with the Ultimate Hogan coming out, and I'm sure we're going to get more others. That's Hall of, Hall of Fame Mattel. There's three in the major pod. There's three Mattels in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the, Freaking Ultimate Hogan got it, saying that's that's definitely because I have the red and the red and yellow storm, so I kind of got to figure out which one is better. Yeah, it's you know when you put them up next to Elites, you'll I can't imagine you'll you'll go against it. I got a little mad. I was because uh, of poor poor. I thought I was could conform uh, hands a little better. I don't know. I think I might need to re re put it with some glue, but. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get use out of those extra heads. Of course. Oh, I don't want to swap of course. Them. So, like with the Rock, the ultimate. Not tan enough. Not tan Because, like with the Rock Ultimate one, so remember the Amazon Rock. I can swap the um, the the yelling head sculpt out and put the shades on and pose them with the mic like this. Like he's saying, if you smell, and then the other head, I can use for um, the um. The Nation Two Pack, because that head is outdated, or whatever. So I could use that to pose with the Nate with the Nation, and the other one can just stay on his head. So those heads, you gotta make use of those extra heads, as you guys said. And I believe that's it, because you know I don't fuck with basics. And so we got. Oh, come on, come on. The main event. What's this? The retros are back. Oh, th- thank you for reminding oh. me, bro. Right. Yeah, I'm glad they're back because I, I was, I think I said the prep that. It was one of you guys. WWE, they, they are not letting these other to- these new toy companies get this retro money. They are not. And and we know who does it best because the you know the zombie figures don't have actions, and oh, the toys figures are you know ap- apparently they're like rubber like ducky uh, material. Yeah, and it's like from I heard zombies are gonna be like forty bucks. I heard that's the price point for him. Just don't be scared for me. Make another bread. <laughs> yeah, I'm like they are not letting these companies get this money, and then they're going and then theirs are going to be cheaper than all the other companies. So they're not going to let that happen. They got to take advantage I of all that. They sit. I hope they sit so I can buy them on them. Speaking of main event, Trent, uh, Aaron, you forgot your favorite figure. What? The coll- the the co- uh, collectors uh, chase. Uh, oh, stop it! My fault. <laughs> I said, Cor- I said, Mustafa. Oh, you, I, I thought you did. Okay. Uh... Yeah, and um, and Amazon delays the uh, delays uh fan takeover line too. Till June. They, they holding everyone back. Mm-hmm. And who's in that? 
Shout, shout out to Amazon. Uh, Randy canceled my pre-order for those Royal Rumble figures. <laughs> Randy Gargano, um, X Pac, and um, Christian. Mm. Christian, huh? Yeah, so those are delayed till June. Christian about to do the job in Jacksonville. Oh, I'm sure he is. Shame. <laughs> um, anything else from this reveal, you guys? No, I just kind of skimmed through it. Um, I felt like there was something missing, but no, it don't look like it. No new, no new Lashley Elite. Um, I'm sure we'll have Lashley McIntyre two pack for the ten match thing they're about to do. It's so funny with these uh, championship showdown, like two packs. I feel like this was a series four. It's like they picked the most forgettable feuds. Like Riddle and AJ, I'm like, wow, they had, they had a match? I don't remember that. <laughs> Rollins and McIntyre, like McIntyre as champion, was that? Like that, that feud happened? I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, it was last uh, May. The only thing I remember is Kofi Kingston and uh, Morrison, which I barely remember Morrison being a uh, tag champ. Well, are we done? I guess that's it for the show, guys. <laughs> so, uh, as always, subscribe on all platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Go to Ringside Collective, use promo code MMAN to save 10% off your order. So, for Act 2 Fly, Eric Trambicki. For Josh Prepagina, I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd, and we will see you guys soon. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope, but the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.